Welcome to Pleasant Grove Church, where Reverend Dr. Classy M. Preston is the pastor. A place where the Word of God impacts and transforms your life. Let's listen to a power-packed message already in progress. Praise the Lord, saints. All is well. All is well. I'm not afraid. Perfect song. Thank you, Connie. Lord Jesus. Woo! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. It's been a long time coming. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just got to pause. You just got to pause. Let the Lord do what the Lord does. Mm, mm, mm. Thank you, Jesus. Hello, saints. I am Dwayne Antonio Stewart. Um, before I, I jump into things, um, I want to say thank you to a lot of people but I'm going to keep this list very short. To all of my family and friends who are viewing online, um, thank you for your phone calls, for your text messages, for your FaceTimes and wishing me well today, for praying for me, um, for praying for my family. 
to my family and friends that are all here from across the U.S. Thank you for coming. Um, I'm going to try not to cry because my goddaughter is here with her fiance. And um, thank you. To my PGC family, my Deacon family, to the men of PGC who have supported me, thank you. Um, to my children who feel it necessary to keep it 100 with me. <laughs> thank you for um, keeping it 100. <laughs> um, to, to the ministers, the associate minister, to all the reverends and deacons of Pleasant Grove Church, thank you so much um, for supporting me and um, putting me on, on the path where you saw God saw fit for me to go. And Pastor Classy. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And to my beautiful wife, who I know is afraid of public speaking, but decided to get up here anyway, thank you for loving me. Thank you for praying for me. Thank you for lifting me up. Thank you for being a woman of God that you are. Thank you. I love you. This has been a long time journey for me. Um, it's, it's been a very long time. Um, and I stand before you as a man of God um, who has decided, consciously decided to accept this calling. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord God, we come to you, Lord, and we praise your name, Heavenly Father, and we thank you for today. We thank you for the opportunity to come into your house and praise your name, Lord God, and to worship you as only you deserve. As your word comes forth, Lord God, I ask that you remove me so that the people will only see you through your word, and may your word feed the people and touch their spirits. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Normally, I, I'm not a fan of handhelds. I would usually use the podium. But my multimedia team told me, pick one. So <laughs> I'm doing the, the handheld today. And so I wanted to start today off um, with a pictorial slideshow so you can see who Dwayne Antonio Stewart was. This is where I started, and then we'll discuss how I got to where I am today. I was going to do the 2001 Odyssey theme song on it, but for copyright reasons, <laughs> I left it off. So it's just a silent slideshow for right now. And so I want to talk about this last slide. As you can see in the picture, 2002, Bethel Amy Church 
Cookman Avenue, Asbury Park, New Jersey. This is the church that I was raised in and I grew up in. And church that from when I can remember until I left for college, this was the church that I belonged to. This is also the church and this is the actual program where I did my initial trial sermon. 2002, um, I don't know how old I was, but <laughs> maybe 20, I think I was 27. But I, I did my initial trial sermon and I can remember this day specifically because I remember God's presence. I remember being in a place and not being in a place. I can remember walking into the pulpit to deliver the sermon, and then I remember finishing up. And it was in that moment that I remember saying to myself, nah, nope, this ain't for me. I want to know part of it. And I started running. I started running from my calling that day. And even though I was running away from my calling, God never left me. He just let me run, or so I thought he just let me run. 1 Corinthians 1.26 tells us, brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. And not many were of noble birth. I was none of that. <laughs> not one bit. But I got baptized in Iraq. And I realized that I had become noble. But I was still running. Still running from my calling. I was on a call with um, Reverend Morant and Trista discussing the women's retreat we had last month. And before Pastor had announced it, um, I told them about today and, uh, they, you know, they congratulated me and, you know, were happy for me. And then Reverend Morant asked me this one question that seems to have echoed. And the question was, how long did you run? And I don't know if this is something between ministers, you know, but she asked me, how long did you run? And then maybe a, a couple of days or a week later, I was on a call with our multimedia team. We do a monthly call. And I got a call from Reverend Leslie. And if you know Reverend Leslie, she is PGC royalty. When she calls, you pick up. <laughs> And it, it took me by surprise, and I told everybody on the call, and Pastor was on the call, I got to take this. And she congratulated me, and during our conversation, she asked me, how long have you been running? I called my Nana, my dad's mom, who's a retired pastor, and I told her about me finally accepting my calling. And she said, Deke, now, mind you, my nana is the only one that can call me Deke. That's, can't nobody else call me Deke. <laughs> but she said, Deke, it's, it's been a long time. How long has this been? 
And the answer is actually, it's been long enough. It's, it's been long enough. See, God has a way of allowing you to think that you're running, but, when, but the reality is you're actually gaining experience in building a testimony. After that trial sermon in 2002, I got out of military. I worked overseas, as Shannon said. I got married. We moved to North Carolina, and we officially joined PTC in 2018. There's a lot of experience in testimony in that time. See, testimony simply means being a witness and sharing with others about your experiences with God. We all have a testimony. There is nobody in this room, there's nobody watching that doesn't have a testimony. If you tell me, no, you don't have a testimony, I will tell you, you're just not looking hard enough. Testimonies are a powerful way to praise the Lord for what he has done for you. The older saints used to say, you can't make me down them because I know too much about them. Right? Think about all the miracles performed in the Bible and the, the testimonies of people. God will use your testimony to show others that he is real. You know, in, in the old church, they used to have a period where people would just come up and give their testimony. They would play music and give testimony. They would play more music and give testimony. There's somebody out there listening to your testimony that may come over and decide they want to know about the God that you're talking about. Testimony is powerful. Don't ever think that your testimony is insignificant because you don't know what people are going through. You don't know where people have been. You don't know where people are going. Your testimony matters. During this period, you know, we, we all know of that little gentle urging of God's spirit for us to take that bold step, to take a risk, to serve others and to commit. But for some reason, we don't do it. I felt it back in 2002. Is it because we don't feel qualified? I can tell you wholeheartedly, I did not feel qualified. I, I didn't. Do we lack courage? Absolutely. Do we lack strength, wisdom, and money, the experience, the education, the organization, or the lack of backing? All of those things when it pertains to me. But we also feel like Moses in, in the, some ways, as in Exodus 4.13, where he said, Lord, please send someone else. That's what I, I asked God. Lord, please send someone else. I had moments and glimpses of my calling outside of 2002. When I was stationed at Seymour Johnson Air Force Base here in Goldsboro, North Carolina, my nana called me and she said, Deke, I want you to speak at my church. She had a small church out in Eastern North Carolina. And who am I to tell my nana no? <laughs> so I went, I spoke, and I continued running. But what I didn't realize was God was building my confidence. He was building me up. 
Shannon and I joined Pleasant Grove Church, and you heard, I'm sure you guys have, some people have heard the story about how Pastor Classy was talking to God, and God told her that I was to speak. And we were walking out of the church, I'll never forget, walking out of the church, and she stopped me, and she said, God told me you was going to speak. We'll talk about it later. Just like that. And I spoke here at PGC for the first time in August of 2019. I just want to note, we joined in 2018. I was speaking in 2019. (laughs) Then I spoke again this year, May 16th. And it was during that specific service that I realized where God was leading me. For all those who may have seen it streamed, it was a whole different atmosphere here in the sanctuary. Completely different atmosphere here in the sanctuary. It took me 19 years. There will always be moments, and we know those moments, those seasons, when the door opens and there's an opportunity for you to walk through it. Mine is now. Think about when yours was and when yours will be. We all have a season where God decides now is the time and you can either walk through or continue running. The last time I spoke in in May, and Connie was here, I think Benita was here, Shireen was here, and I talked about how we asked God to order our steps. And we, you know, we pray on it, order my steps, and the moment he says, follow me, we go in the opposite direction, right? When you ask the Lord to order your steps, you have to be prepared for what he's going to do. If you're not prepared, don't ask the question. If you ask the question, God is going to answer. You may not like the answer, but he's going to answer. There's, there's an opportunity in this, that period for you to shed all of your insecurities, your negative thoughts, your doubts, your confusion, and your despair. The door is open. The door is always open for you to go to God. But that specific time, there is something divine that happens that I don't know how to explain it, that God does a work in your life where if you cross over, it will be unlike anything you have ever you can ever imagine. I'm on TikTok a lot. Shannon tells me all the time, get off TikTok. But there's something on TikTok, there's a a hashtag called church church TikTok. There's a pastor on there, Pastor David Buckner, he's out of Georgia. And I heard him say, you cannot and you will not walk with everyone. See, during that time period, you will do some shedding. There's a season of divine exposure where 
the people around you begin to get exposed and you begin shedding people who are not for you. During that time, you may feel, or even before that time, you may, you may realize that you've never been the people's choice. You've never been the first pick. You've always been overlooked and underestimated. You've never been given a fair opportunity like other people in the world. But God, God says that he understands that you've never been the people's first pick, but you are the best choice. And that's why he chose you. Sometimes people don't realize you're the best until they've run out of all other options. When you ask, God makes a way for you to rise to the top. Romans 8.31 says, What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? So instead of asking, why me? You should be asking, why not me? You, if you're the best option, right, why not me? Who in here feels that they are the best option? Nobody? Nobody's the best option. <laughs> I can say I'm the best option. This walk isn't easy. It's not for the faint of heart. It's, <laughs> I have a testimony. <laughs> it's not for the faint of heart. There's trials, there's tribulations, there's attacks, there's whew, things that you cannot imagine but then some people can. There's heartache. There's late nights. There's... Mm, mm, mm. My God. That's why it's important that you surround yourself with people who will lift you up and intercede on your behalf. Your faith is not the basis for, of God's choosing you, but the result of it. When God chooses us, we are meant to bear fruit. John 15, 16, and 17 tells us that this is my, or sorry, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you may ask in the name, the Father will give you. If you, anything you may ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command, love each other. If, if that is God's command to love each other, why is there so much hate out here in the world? If we are to love one another, why do we have so much war going on? Why do we have so much killing going on? Why do we have you know, people turning a blind eye to the poor not feeding the hungry. If, if our job as Christians is to love one another, we should be making a way for that to happen. We should be, we, we should be sowing seeds 
of love in, in everyone that we meet. The worst thing you can do as a Christian is meet somebody and have a bad attitude and then turn around and try to tell them I'm a Christian. First impressions matter. First impressions matter. One of my favorite comedians, Mr. Kev on stage, he's a, he's a online personality. I heard him say one time, the ability was birthed in me before the platform was available. Some of us are walking around with abilities that we never plan on using, and it is a waste of God's given talent. God will do something in you before you even knew that you had it. God's assignment for you was done before your mama and them was born. Jeremiah 5.1 tells us, Jeremiah 5.1, or Jeremiah 1, 5 through 8, tells us, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Alas, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak, Shannon. I am too young. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am too young. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. <coughs> Excuse me. So when God calls us, he equips us, he provides for us, he qualifies us, and he enables us. Don't forget that. When God calls us, he equips us, he provides, qualifies, and enables. He will always provide the skills, the ability, the direction, and the resources we need to carry out his will. He doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the called. There's a time where I didn't have the confidence that I have today. Those pictures that you saw back in college, I pulled the baddie, but I still didn't have confidence. It wasn't until I joined the military and had great mentorship and great leaders above me that poured into me and allowed me to become the confident man that you see today. I was never good at public speaking. My supervisor at the time told me, hey, I was at Seymour Johnson. You're not good at public speaking. You need some college courses. Take a college course on public speaking. Get your college credits. That way you can start working towards your degree. Took the public speaking course, got in, I think I got an A. Hope I got an A. <laughs> but it was one of those things that changed my life forever. I'm able to speak publicly in front of people now because someone decided to pour into me 
and advise me in the way that I should go. Mentorship makes a difference. Mentorship allows people to be able to study under someone who's been there and done that. One of the things that you will never hear is a minor league baseball player running from getting called up to the majors, right? Most of their adult lives have been spent practicing in the sun, in the heat, improving and hoping that they would get, they would get called. Our own Durham Bulls is a AAA affiliate for the Tampa Bay Rays. Can you imagine one of them getting called up to Florida? And that player saying, nah, nope. No, ain't no way. No way. Or them saying, I, coach, I don't feel ready, or I need to do something else first. That's what some people do when God calls them. They make excuses. They decide, oh, no, this, this ain't for me. This, this, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. This is not what I was asking for, or this isn't how I thought it was going to be packaged, right? Or maybe I'm just not major material. I don't know. But let's say they do make the move, and they do move into their calling like I am today. During that time period, you move up, you're the new kid on the block. You're the freshman. Your team may play some jokes on you as the new kid in the organization. Which brings me to my testimony. I'm being called up to the majors. I've accepted my calling. And if you can imagine, a week after pastor announced it in church, a bunch of things begin to happen at my house. You can call them jokes. I call them trials and attacks. The first thing to happen, my garage door mysteriously broke. We've been in the house for 11 years this month. So it's, it's right on time, but why now? <laughs> Why now? <laughs> My car, 2012 GMC. I love my car. I got ready to take Sean to school one day, and the front end just started shaking. I turned around, jumped in Shannon's car, took Sean to school. Come back, I knew something was wrong towed it to the dealership, they tell me, your six-cylinder isn't firing. Okay. Can you please monetize that? <laughs> $13,000 for a new engine. I said, sir, I will take my car. It's not even worth that much. Then, I'm here 
um, I was doing something here at the church on a Sunday. Um, I think I was getting ready, finishing up multimedia or something. Shannon sends me a text message. Her and Sean had actually left prior to me leaving. So they got home before I did. Sends me a text message. There's water all over the garage. <laughs> like, Jesus, please help me. Please. <laughs> this is within a two-week period, mind you. Jesus, I, I, I can't. <laughs> Get home, hot water heater, broke. No way to fix it. No way to repair it. Got to be replaced. At this point, I'm sitting, I'm just in awe. And, and I'm a very methodical person. And so the, the garage door, we'll need it. I'm not even going to triage it. Car, done deal, not even going to triage it. Hot water, however. I got a wife, man, and my wife likes hot water. I began making phone calls, and we have home and warranty insurance. I began making phone calls, called them, and they sent somebody out. Thank God it was within a day or two. And the guy tells me, yes, it needs to replace. Sir, I knew that already. He tells me it's going to be $4,500 for a new water heater because of the one that I had and the way that everything is piped in my house. I said, sir, totally understand, but God. I said, I tell you what, I'm not going to do that. Thank you very much. I went to Lowe's myself. Called Lowe's, said, hey, I need a new hot water heater. They said, it's going to be $4,300. <laughs> I said, not a problem. I got a Lowe's credit card. Perfect. But my Lowe's credit card limit was not $4,300. I sat in the car outside of Lowe's, y'all, and I cried. I cried. I said, Lord, I need a win. I just, I just need something. I just, I just need one thing. Lord said, call Lowe's. Call Lowe's, call the credit department. They said, oh, you've been with us for X amount of time. We're going to increase your credit by 75%. But God. But God. Won't he? <laughs> I came home, gave Shannon the news. Guy came out the very next day, put the hot water in heater. I had a happy wife. Happy wife. But then I'm laying in bed, and I hear Sean scream downstairs, which is not very unnormal in our house. <laughs> 
But I also heard Shannon say, what was that? So now I'm like, it's not the, I know it's not the hot water heater. <laughs> we had five bricks fall off the front of our house. Just five bricks from the second story fall on the front of the, from the front of the house. And they hit the metal roof that's underneath them. So I said, Lord, I, I don't know what to do at this point. But God said, you gave a gentleman and his family Sean's old bunk bed set. Call Francisco. Francisco happens to work in construction. I say, God, I get it. You've been in this the entire time. You've been with me the entire time. You never left me. You never forsake me. When I'm sitting here trying to work the problem, God is already there and worked it out. He made a way when I didn't think there was a way. In the last testimony of this saga, <laughs> Francisco came. He fixed the bricks on the house. He said, Mr. Dwayne, you gave me and my family a bedroom set for my boys. No charge. We're good to go. I said, awesome. Awesome. But this past Sunday, <laughs> I get to church, and I get a text from Shannon. The dryer is not heating up. I'm like, Lord. At this point, I'm like, God's got it. I ain't even, I ain't even. You know what? I'm, I'm not even worried. We just washed clothes. I'm good. Sean got underwear. I got underwear. We are good to go. I'm, I'm not even fretting. But what God did was make me realize that if you lean into him, if you, if you call out to him, if you begin to worship him and, and just ask him, Lord, I just need a win. He will make a way for you to win. There will be times in life where you're a pitcher. One of my good friends, um, Dave Burns, huge baseball fan. Um, his wife is uh, one of my colleagues at work. Great guy, can, can run baseball numbers like you wouldn't believe. He's from Michigan, great Detroit Tigers fan. He just, Dave knows baseball. And Dave also knows that there will be times in life when you're the pitcher, when the count is full, three balls and two strikes and two outs. It's the bottom of the ninth, and you're up one run and the bases are full. This is the scenario for a pitcher that dreams are made of. You're facing the best hitter in the league and you have the nerve to get scared and shrink on the mound. Your confidence disappears and you begin second guessing yourself, but God says, throw the ball. 
nervously you start asking God, well, what, what do I throw? But he, all he says again is, throw the ball. I have called you for a time such as this. Just throw the ball. Your manager might come out to the mound. In this case, that would be Pastor Preston. <laughs> to see what's going on after she calls a timeout. And she marches over and starts going over with you the pitches that you have in your toolbox. You may have a curveball. Isaiah 41.10. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you, and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. You may have a slider. Psalms 118.6. <clears throat> the Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? You may have a change-up. Deuteronomy 31.8, the Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Or my personal favorite, the fastball, 23rd Psalm, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He making me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. My manager leaves, and she leaves me to my toolbox. She's already equipped me. And so I throw the fastball. And then I hear the crack of the bat. See, all God said was throw the ball. He didn't say it wasn't going to get hit. See, entering into your calling isn't you throwing strikes all day, every day. It's about you doing God's will. What did God tell me as a pitcher to throw? Throw the ball. But I was so wrapped up in the pitch, in the hitter, that I didn't notice Faye Mims Barbie at first base, Deacon Keith at second, Joe Johnson at shortstop and Deacon Ophelia at third. God said throw the ball because he had angels in the outfield. What we forget is that our calling isn't about us. It's about blessing others. It's about building God's kingdom. It's about getting out there and doing the work so that God gets all the honor, the glory, in, in praise. Walking in your calling isn't about allowing God to use you where. 
is, is about allowing you to, God to use you where and how he sees fit. Because there's only one you. Only one. There's nobody else out there like you. When God calls you, he called you for a reason. There's something about you that God wants to use. Even twins who look alike are still different. If they weren't different, their parents wouldn't be able to tell them apart. There's only one you. God chose you for the assignment. So walk in your calling and allow God to use you. Thank you. Praise the Lord. As you remain standing, we are opening up the door of the church and inviting you to have an experience with the God that Minister Dwayne just talked about. He had a powerful testimony about what God can do, God will do, if you trust Him. So I invite you today, if you have not yet given your life to Christ, that you would do so by letter, your own Christian experience. If you need to be baptized, I do believe this is the right place. God has sent you here the right time to have an experience with the only God who can do what nobody else can. We invite you to come. If God is speaking to you, do listen. This might be the best decision that you will ever make. Will there be one? Let's put our hands together for Mr. Dwayne. Thank you for listening. It is our prayer that this message will enlighten and empower you to do the will of God. If you have a prayer request or praise report or like additional information on Pleasant Grove Church or other recorded messages, come visit us in person or write to us at Pleasant Grove Church. Post Office Box 3603, Cary, North Carolina, 27519. Or call us at 919-363-5198. Or visit us on the web at 
www.pgc-carry.org. Thank you again. And-